You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can't look far enough back where you don't find traces of God's thoughts about you. Even in eternity, if you go all the way to eternity past, go as far back as you can go, and then go a little bit further than that, God still concocting the plan with you in mind. That's how deep the treasure runs. And you got to up your thinking. And let God be God in your life. Because if God can do all that, then surely your problems are no challenge for Him. In your walk with Jesus, are you always striving to be more like Him? Are you active in pursuing His nature? Or are you stuck in emotions? Today in his message, Pastor Gary wants you to know that God wants you to shock your heart with the greatest defibrillator there is, the Holy Spirit. Stop going through life living dead in your faith and experience a wave of renewal like never before. The Holy Spirit is ready and available to transform you, be a catalyst for the gospel and awaken your tired soul. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, as he continues his message, The Treasure Within. How deep is this treasure? Can I tell you this? God's roots run deep. Amen. God's plans are vast and intricate in detail. And I can tell you that he is so fascinating that he can tap you on the shoulder one day and inform you of a plan he had for thousands of years that you didn't know about until the day he invited you to the party. And it looks like random. And it looks like chaos to those that like to plan things. Because God just steps in your world and interrupts your schedule. You have your plans and then God says, I've got better plans. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We have these ideas about God and our expectations on how we think God might do things. If you don't believe me, just study the life of the disciples. Every one of the disciples were offended at Jesus before leading up to the cross. In fact, Jesus said right before he went to the cross, all of you shall be offended of me this night. Why were they offended? They were offended because man-made religion gave them a lens through which to look at Jesus that was false. They expected Jesus to set up an earthly rule and reign right then and there and take over the Roman government and establish a, a government system. But Jesus said the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. It's not brick and mortar. It's in your heart. And so they were offended because they were ready to sit. On, they even had discussions on who would get to sit on his right hand or left hand. And they were not thinking about when we all get to heaven in the sweet by and by. They were talking about we're ready to go to war and we're ready to delegate authority right here and right now. Until Jesus said, that's not how we fight in this battle, boys. Here's how we're going to win this battle. At first, it's going to look like you're losing. Because you're going to have to die to self. You're going to have to let me go through the punishment of the cross. You're going to have to wait three days till I get back up. Don't worry, I'm coming back. 
but it's going to look really bad at first. And when, when Peter was ready to fight, I've referenced this recently. I'll reference again. When Peter was ready to fight in the garden for the life of Christ, Peter was trying to preserve. And Jesus said, put up thy sword. Why do we so fight to keep what we thought was right when the Holy Spirit's here to teach us and to re-educate us and say there's a better way? And it's my way. Amen. And so God begins that process of teaching us His perspective. I wish I had some rose-colored glasses, but I don't. So I'm going to just pretend like these are rose-colored glasses. If these were rose-colored glasses, everything in here, well, first of all, it's real blurry because these are reading glasses. So y'all look like a bunch of fuzz. No offense. Amen. But if it were rose-colored glasses, everything in here would be tainted by the color of rose, right? All right. When you look at the world or the Bible or people through a lens other than the lens of the Holy Spirit teaching you and leading and guiding you into all truth, things don't look right until he takes it off and then you can see clearly. You're like, oh, that's what you meant. How many of you ever had a moment in your personal Bible reading time where the Lord just opened up your eyes to something and you were wowed by it? Let me see your hand. Man, isn't that awesome? You know what I've found, though, Brother Chris, when God shows me stuff like that, especially if I've never heard anybody else teach it like the way the Holy Spirit taught it to me, and you go to sharing that with other people, some of them will get excited, but some of them will think you're crazy. Well, I ain't never heard that before. But I'm glad that I have a teacher that don't ask their permission, don't, aren't you? Amen. He don't run up by them and say, now, can I teach Gary this? Is this going to be okay with you? No. And you have the same teacher living in you. Amen. And here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. Brother Dale, he knows how close you are and how far away I am from graduating from that class. Amen. He's a personal tutor. And you may not need as much help on a subject as I do or vice versa. Right? Because we're at different stages of growth and development in our spiritual walk with God. And so he's the perfect gentleman. He'll meet you where you are, but not to keep you where you are. He will begin to lead you and guide you into all what? Truth. And so there are some things that the Lord tried to show me, and it took years for him to peel back the scales of wrong ideas and Rose-colored glasses, amen, and, and to take the scales off mine and help me to see it clearly from a purely biblical perspective rather than a man-made idea that wasn't quite right. And we've all seen this happen, and hopefully as we grow in the Lord, here's a question that a dear friend of mine asked when he preached on the subject of legalism versus being liberated in Christ are you growing in grace or are you adapting to your environment? See, some people show up for church and uh, they run the party line, so to speak. And, and I mean no disrespect by that at all. But what I mean by that is uh, they're quick to be influenced by men, whether they're right or not. Okay? And so they can quickly adapt 
I was unfortunately exposed to some legalism when I grew up. If, when I say legalism, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. I, I see some hands. I'm talking about the kind of people that just mean as junkyard dogs when it comes to doing right, bless God, and if you don't live right, you can just hit the highway. You know, just a very foul spirit, just hard on people, no grace. You know what I'm saying? These are the kind of people back in the day that say if a woman wore pants to church, she needed to go home and put a dress on that, uh, that go all the way down to your ankles and that kind of stuff. They, they, preach on, uh, uh, they, they preach on all kinds of stuff. They preach against wire rim glasses. They pre- any kind of man-made junk. Um, you know what I'm talking about? But you know, uh, man-made religion takes on all kinds of varieties. Because it may not be about that. It could be about religious rules. Amen. It, it could be about any number of things that we can become very legalistic about. And what I mean by legalist is someone who who tries to create a... Did you know that they wrote over 600 additional laws to add to the Ten Commandments? And people might think they did that to facilitate their ability to better understand it and more adequately, but it was actually loopholes to keep them from having to be held accountable to the... You know, what God said was really simple. Amen. It was really simple. We complicate it. And so we create these things these hoops that we had to jump through, these religious acrobats that we have to perform, and we can become legalists, and we can, we can, Jesus taught the uh, scribes and Pharisees, though they didn't pay no attention to him, they put him to the cross partly for saying this, as much as of some of the other things they said, they said to him, that he said, uh, you neither enter into the kingdom nor do you suffer those that are entering to enter in. He said, when you do make a proselyte, you make them sevenfold the child of hell that you are. That was pretty stout. But that's what my point is. When you don't have the guidance of the Spirit of God leading you into all truth, then all you have is a cheap copy that has no life to it. It's just the the letter killeth. And so what happens in those kinds of environments is people become proselytes of that man-made religion rather than disciples of Jesus and followers of Jesus, right? And so what happens is it's very difficult for them to be led into truth because it goes against everything the, that religious system taught them. Just like the disciples struggled with the reality that Jesus wasn't fighting flesh and blood, but he was fighting against principalities and powers and rulers. But how many of you are glad to know that after resurrection, the disciples started coming around? Amen. They started getting things because now the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of them and became their teacher. Now they're like, oh, okay. I get it now. And then all of a sudden, you had one that was running from the cross named Peter to now he's running to the cross. Now you have Paul the Apostle. Historians teach us that Paul was so committed to the cause of Christ. Uh, I believe historians, if, I'm not, if my memory serves me correctly, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they said that he ran to the chopping block and laid his head on the chopping block and got in position for them to cut his head off. Because when he said, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, that wasn't just cheap talk. It was the real deal for him. 
And what God does is he leads us into all truth where we don't just hear the word, but we do the word. Right? What good is church if it never affects our walk? What good is church if it never motivates us to do something for God? What good is church if it's just another activity to check off our list for the week, but we check out as soon as church is over and don't check back in until next Sunday morning? What good is it? Because the Holy Spirit is here to effect change, and there's some power living inside of you and me that God wants to activate in your life so that you can make as much of a difference or more of a difference even than the pastor can. This is where Christians get it wrong. They look at the spiritual leaders of the church as the super spiritual heroes, as if they're the ones that got their act together. And I'll never, I'll never be like Brother Gary. I'll never be like Brother Ron. I'll never be like uh, Brother Larry. I'll never be like Brother Otis. Or I'll never be like Brother Robert. I'll never be like so and so. And the the truth is, every one of us have the same dynamite power living on the inside of us. And listen, I'll tell you what God can do. He can take somebody that thinks of themselves as a nobody, lead someone to the Christ, and that person could become the next Billy Graham. Amen. Never underestimate the significance of your power to be a witness for Jesus Christ. In the kingdom, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And I believe that somewhere way back in the back of the line, if there were a line waiting to see Jesus in heaven, which I doubt there is, I don't know how heaven's going to be, but I kind of have a feeling that there's no waiting, which somehow, I mean, if he can be everywhere at all times, then maybe when we get to heaven, we can all meet him at the same time. I don't know. But if there were a line, I feel like I'd be way somewhere up in the back, and probably some of you would be a whole lot closer to Jesus than me. And that's the proper perspective to have. Because every one of us are given an assignment. Amen. And sometimes the one that's in the most light naturally in a church setting may not be the one that's making the biggest impact. I might influence you, but who's to say that God can't use you to win more people either directly or indirectly than I'll ever do in my entire life? That treasure is there. Don't give up on yourself. It's deep. Now, go with me quickly to Psalm chapter 139, and uh, we'll look at verses 13 through 17. Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 through 17. Now, this is a Psalm of David to give you a little bit of historical context. Uh, but even this scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for us. Somebody say amen right there. All right, so let's look at it. Verse 13, Psalm 139, verse 13. David is praying to the Lord, and here's what he says, For thou hast possessed my reins, my, my inner man, so to speak. What does the word possess mean? It means to occupy and to take over right to take up residence not just as a guest but as a host God's taking charge thou hast covered me in my mother's womb 
I was thinking about the first time I can remember identifying with what I know is now the wooing of the Holy Spirit. I was probably about seven years old, and my mother was watching a Billy Graham crusade on television in my living room. And I heard a little bit about what he was saying, but then they began to sing, Just As I Am. And I watched those crowds start uh, emptying out of the bleachers and going forward, and I heard the words of that song, and something gripped me as a seven-year-old I didn't even understand. But that's the day I remember that God began to work on my heart and sow seeds that would later be watered and harvested. But what's even cooler than that is he started way before that day. Amen. David said, he covered me in my mother's womb. Now watch your Bible. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. So quit calling yourself pathetic. Quit calling yourself a nobody. Quit calling yourself a no account, no good, uh, whatever, fill in the blank. Quit being so negative on yourself because he said, marvelous are thou. Well, can I tell you what the Bible just taught us about each and every one of us? You are marvelous. Now, that, I know that goes against the religious grain in us because we know what kind of sinners we are. And I'm not teaching some prosperity gospel that you have everything you need within yourself, just rise up. No, you're going to need the Holy Ghost and you're going to need to repent of your sin, amen? But here's the thing. God don't create junk. Yeah. So next time you go to mouthing off about yourself like that, remember you're talking about God's stuff and you better be careful how you talk about God's stuff, whether it be about you or whether it be about anybody else. God don't take too kindly to people mistreating his. Ooh, you remember, man, good night. You remember uh, Abraham and Sarah went into Egypt and they concocted this bright plan. Apparently Sarah was the, like, she was the beauty queen of all beauty queens. And he said, if I don't tell them you're my sister, they'll kill me. And you see what I'm saying? And so he, he, he didn't want them to think that she was... Am I getting that story right? Okay. Right. And uh, so they thought she was available. So they didn't kill Abraham. They just took her, which part one of the plan worked. They didn't kill Abraham. But what Pharaoh didn't know is she was not available. She was the man of God's wife. And so God sent a plague to Pharaoh instead of rebuking Abraham for lying... He sent a plague to Pharaoh's house, and Pharaoh somehow figured out something ain't right about this, get rid of her, sent her back to him, and he called a meeting and said, what in the world are you lying to me for? That must be your wife. He knew. That's what God thinks about his. He's going to protect you. Amen? And you don't think God won't protect his youngins. God keeps good records. It may not happen today. It may not happen next week. But at some point, guess what? God's going to set all the records straight. He'll fight your battles because he cares for you and he loves you. You're marvelously, fearfully, and wonderfully made. And God's got a lot invested in you. I've got to hurry. Uh, marvelous are thy works, that my soul 
knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet be, being unperfect. Of course, he saw them from the beginning because God made the blueprint. Your DNA is the blueprint of your body. Guess who put that DNA there? God. Right? And uh, in thy book, all my members were written. Uh, we don't even have computers big enough to contain all of the data that's stored within the DNA of one human being, I don't think. And God has all that coding in his books written down. This is who, uh, I know the eye color, I know the hair count, I know the stature, I know how tall they're going to be, I know how the fat they're going to be, or how skinny they're going to be. I know all of this, and I got it all right. You see, God had a blueprint in minuscule, minute detail. Don't tell me that you're worthless when God will put that much invested in you. Amen. And then I want to give you this verse, and we'll try to bring it to a close, okay? Verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And here we thought God forgot about us. And, but yet his thoughts are so numerous that they're, not, they're even more than the sand of the seashores. Only God can have that much thought about every human being that he's ever created or ever will create. But see, he's the master planner. He knows how to weave it all together. That's why we don't know all the answers because we could not comprehend on that level. So that's why we're given faith. We can trust the one who can. Amen. And I want to look at that word precious. That word precious there means esteemed. It means... Prized, it means valuable, it means costly, and it means appraised. <laughs> if God were to appraise you, wonder what he would say you're worth. We already know the answer. Worth his son's blood. Do you realize there's no higher appraisal than that? In fact, if there's one thing that's even valuable to the one entity that's richer than anybody, that's God Almighty. If there's one prized possession that's better and tops it all, even for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It don't get any more valuable than this. It's the blood of his own son, and he invested that into you. So don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're worthless. God says otherwise. Amen. This goes deep. In fact, I'll say this and I'll pray. It even goes back before the foundation of the world. How deep is this treasure? Oh, man. <laughs> you can't look far enough back to where you don't find traces of God's thoughts about you. Even in eternity, if you go all the way to eternity past, go as far back as you can go, 
and then go a little bit further than that, God still concocting a plan with you in mind. That's how deep the treasure runs. And you got to up your thinking and let God be God in your life because if God can do all that, then surely your problems are no challenge for Him. Your hang-ups are no challenge for Him. Your excuses, my excuses are no problem for Him. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit garycoddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.